0: Worship leaders, worship musicians, and those who love to worship. Does God have anything to say about creativity? About how creativity works or how we do it? Yes, actually. Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Worship Homestead. My name is Nathan Smith. Thank you for joining me. Today we're going to talk about how creativity works according to the Bible. But first, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free worship training bundle called the Worship Booster Pack. It has PDFs and online classes to help you and your team in every area of worship leading, whether it's songwriting, how to arrange your band, or tips for live sound. All of that is available for free on my website. Just click on the link nearby, blueprintsounds.com forward slash worship pack. All right, let's talk about creativity. First, I want to dispel one of the modern myths about creativity, and that is that some people are just creative and some people are not. Now, I realize that there's a lot of uh, sociology that disagrees with me, so let me explain. Today, creative is a noun, not an adjective. When I was growing up, it was an adjective. But now, you know, somebody who is a graphic designer or a singer or an artist, you know, a musician, we call them a creative. And there's nothing wrong with the term I suppose except that it gives you this idea that oh well they're born that way you know the the flaky musician who never calls you back but is really naturally talented they're just a creative that's what they're like or you know the graphic artist that they're just a creative person I'm not creative because you know I'm a I'm a landscaper I'm not that type of person. The problem with that approach is that we're looking horizontally. We're looking at people. We're taking averages. We're doing studies. We're we're looking at who is creative according to our you know uh, understanding of it and who's not, and then saying yes, some people are creative and some people are not, rather than looking at the nature of God and who we are supposed to be, not averages. The first way that humanity knew God was as creator. We are made in his image. So, one of the things that's on the table for the taking is creativity. Because if we're made in the likeness of God, and he is the creator, then we are also tiny creators. Averages don't matter. If God is creative, we're called to be creative. And the fact that many people are not doesn't take away from the fact that we are all called to be like God in that way. Now, I do realize that some people, you know, if you take a personality test, some people are more open and openness leads to, you know, certain um, metrics of creativity. I totally understand that. But again, we're going with what is God like? Therefore, what are we supposed to be like because we're made in his image? The second misconception is that we have a very narrow understanding of what creativity is. Like I said, we tend to think of it in the arts and entertainment, right? Okay, that's creativity. You know, the plumber is not creative. Your electrician is not creative. You don't want a creative, you know, bookkeeper. You want somebody who's very structured and creativity is only for certain things. I think that short changes creativity. Creativity is defined as something that is both novel, new, and useful. So it has to be novel, but it also has to be useful. These two things together make something creative finding creative solutions to a problem that exists but you you figured it out well that's a creative solution and that opens up the entire playing field of life for creativity it's not only the musicians and the artists that are creative in some ways i think that our modern understanding of whether it's art or music or architecture has actually cut creativity at the knees because we only expect well it needs to be novel it needs to be new And useful, the word useful has become so subjective that, you know, a chicken leg taped on a wall can now be performance art. And that is somehow creative. That's not what I'm talking about. So to get away from the modern baggage of the word creativity, I think a better word would be skill. Because anywhere where skill is helpful, creativity is helpful. And that could be as an athlete or an artist or a plumber or an electrician or a banker or a mom, or a dad. It's good to be creative. In any avenue where skill would be helpful, creativity would be helpful. So let's look at the Old Testament and the story of David, clearly a creative man, and see what sequence God intended us to go through to achieve creativity. So we're in the book of First Chronicles, and I'm going to give you a really short version of the story, the ark coming into Jerusalem. So the ark has returned from the land of the Philistines. David is all excited. He gathers all the people. It's time to bring the bring the ark of the covenant into Jerusalem. He was a musician, you know, he was a harpist growing up. So he has the Levites ready, and he's got some musicians. He's gonna he's gonna bring the ark into Jerusalem. So they're bringing the ark on an oxen cart into Jerusalem, and the oxen stumble, and the ark is teetering. And Uzzah, who is a Levite, reaches out his hand to steady the ark because they're afraid that it's going to tip over which would of course be disaster. And God strikes Uzzah down right then and there. Everyone is terrified. David stops the procession, keeps the ark at Obed-Edom's house and no more ark coming into Jerusalem for a second. What went wrong? Well, David goes back and does his homework and finds out that earlier in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy God tells the Levites, you are only to carry the ark with poles on the shoulders of the Levites. That's the only way it works, right? And if you do it any other way, I will kill you. He also says, now this is before there is a king in Israel. He says, I know that a king is coming. I know that you're going to have a king. So what you're going to do is you're going to have the king take a scroll And copy down all of the words of the law that I'm giving you. And so he's going to copy these down and memorize them so that he can lead the people. He can rule them with justice. He's not just going to make up stuff and do whatever he wants. He's going to rule according to the law that I set down. Well, along the way, that thread broke. Remember, I said Uzzah was a Levite, right? He was from the tribe of Levi. Well, he's the one who reached out his hand to try and steady the ark. Somebody didn't tell him, his dad did not tell him that that's not how you're supposed to carry the ark. His dad probably didn't tell him. Somewhere along the line, the Levites abdicated their responsibility to teach the next generation how to take care of the ark because they would have known, had they read the law thoroughly, you carry it on poles on the shoulders of the Levites. They could have done it that way, but they didn't. And Uzzah, acting in ignorance, is struck down by God. It didn't matter that he didn't know why what he was doing was wrong. It was an entire generational—it was a, a whole Levite sin. It wasn't just Uzzah's sin. It was all of the Levites because it was all of their responsibility to hand that knowledge to the next generation. The Levites were also supposed to tell the kings about the copying of the scroll. David didn't know that, and yet God still judged the people for it. Well, like I said, David goes back and does his homework. We know that he must have copied down the scroll because the next time this story happens, he tries again. He tells the Levites, hey guys, you're carrying the Ark of the Covenant on your shoulders, right? We're going to do it the right way. So, he must have gone back, copied the scroll down because God knew that he needed that law to judge the and rule the people rightly. So, even though Yes, there was a judgment on Uzzah. God was doing it for the benefit of Israel. He wasn't doing it just because he was angry. He was doing it because he needed to get David and the Levites' attention that, hey, if you're going to rule, you're going to rule according to my law. So that's the first step in creativity, is actually obedience. David unwittingly skipped it. He was going to go right to creativity. He was going to go right to, all right, let's get the instruments out. Let's go up to Jerusalem. This is going to be great. And God strikes him down and makes him go back to step one, obedience, my law. You need to to know what the rules are before you start running away with your creativity. That is the first step for creativity is receiving the rules, receiving the laws, knowing what what it is in your field that you need to understand. Let's take music since that's what I understand. When I got started you know, learning how to play music, I'm so glad that I had the teacher I did because he taught me how to read music, he taught me chord theory, he taught me composition, he taught me jazz, he taught me how all of this thing works. There were a lot of things that he didn't get around to teaching me. You know. Later on, I picked up classical guitar. I learned you know jazz music in a, a French style. I learned Brazilian basses and funk. He didn't teach me all that, but he taught me the rules. He taught me the basic stuff that is the bedrock for music. That was the first step. You have to have that first. Now, talk, getting back to the topic of worship, I've heard in some you know, conservative denominations that that is the end point. worship. I actually read somewhere, can't remember what blog, worship is not a time for creativity. It is a time for obedience. And it's half true and it's all wrong. We do not stop at obedience. Some people want to stop at obedience and say, okay, we're only going to do exactly what's written down in scripture. That's that's what God has told us to do. We're going to obey him. And it's like this white knuckle. If we obey good enough, then that must be what God wants. Nope and I can prove it from Scripture. Let me tell you why. Let's look at the life of David again. David takes tries again with the ark, and it says, as you know, everyone's doing their job, the Levites are carrying the, the ark on poles on their shoulders, it says that God was helping the Levites carry the ark. So it must have been so obvious that everybody could tell, which is just an amazing thought in itself. But they find out obedience worked. It's it's, it's happening. God isn't striking us down. God is actually helping us take the ark up to Jerusalem. And, of course, David still does have musicians and singers, but look what happens later on in the story. Here I am in 1 Chronicles 16. We're starting in verse 1. This is after the ark has come into Jerusalem. They brought the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it, and they presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before God. That's part of the law. They're commanded to do that. After David had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each Israelite man and woman. He appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, to make petition, to give thanks, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Then he names a lot of names that I have a hard time pronouncing. They were to play the lyres and harps, and Asaph was to sound the cymbals, and Benaiah and Jehaziel, the priests, were to blow the trumpets regularly before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. That right there, that whole let's add music, was not in the original commands that God gave Israel in Deuteronomy. Wasn't part of it. That was beyond obedience. That was David's own initiative and free thought and creativity coming out he had done obedience. He's doing exactly what God told them to do, right? He's he's got all of his ducks in a row, but he didn't stop there. He decided to throw a picnic for the entire nation of Israel, and he instituted what's called Davidic worship, which is, you know, worship that involves music, which didn't really exist until then. And thousands of years later, we're still doing it. David had this amazing creative output in that moment. If that weren't enough, David gets it in his heart that he should build a temple for the Lord because, you know, here I am in this palace, but God doesn't have a house. Let's build God a temple. Well, God tells David, I never asked you to build me a house. I never asked you to build me a temple. Because remember this right here, when they're bringing the ark into Jerusalem, it's a tent. It's a tabernacle. But God doesn't strike David down for his insolence because David isn't disobeying. He's going beyond obedience. He's being creative. God said, David, I didn't ask for a temple. I like your idea. Your son will build it. You can get the, t- the, the site and all the materials ready. But I love your heart and I love that you were so close to me that we shared this good idea because it was in God's heart to build a temple, to have Israel build a temple, to be a light to the rest of the nations. But he didn't have to say it. David figured it out because he was that close to God. So that's what I mean by the second step. Obedience alone will not get you to where David got to, not to David being a man after God's own heart. David's own creativity, his own initiative got him there it started with obedience, but then came creativity. And that's the sequence. We always start with obedience, but then we move into free thought and initiative because that's what a son does. And God wants sons. God wants grown up, mature adults who think for themselves, who are always trying to figure out how to please him. And obedience by itself will not get you there. So in any field that requires skill, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. God first desires obedience, but then he wants you to create like he does because you were made in his image. Hey, I hope that video helps you and I hope it helps you grow in your creativity as a son of God. Again, if you need help with your worship team, go to my website, blueprintsounds.com forward slash worship booster pack. Until next time, God bless and goodbye.